1: Or yourself a cold one. They
0: strike them, huh?
1: And listen to Ross Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft.
0: Yeah, it is daddy's soda time here on The College Draft Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Five teams, seven years, now a bunch of podcasts. Last night, by the way, Warren Sharp. Talking strength of schedule, the new overtime rule, whether people will kick or take the ball—I thought was really interesting. Certainly, check out the latest Ross Tucker football podcast if you haven't already. Later on the day, we'll get into the Masters a little bit, the national championship game tonight, as well as our first peek at NFL season win totals. On the Even Money podcast. The star of this show, though, as you know, is my guy, Emery Hunt. There is nobody better. At Ball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. And if you don't already have it, you're missing out because I already have mine. Footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide. Emery, how are you? I'm doing fine, man. How How, how are you? based off what happened this past week oh my god you know what's funny so and we'll get to gene clemens in a second because i'm fired up that gene's on the show uh i did not get punched in the eye i am an idiot who tried to pass my brother-in-law skiing going like 50 miles i'm not exaggerating he was going 46 and i was passing him and i hit my head face first into the snow. I got cuts on my chin, nose, and forehead. That's hard to do. And I got this black eye. I was actually feeling okay for a while. I woke up yesterday. I could not move my neck. So that doesn't seem real good. But at any rate, the show must go on. And I don't know a whole lot about Gene Clemens. I'm not going to lie. Here's what I do know. That when Emery says this is my guy, I get fired up. And the fact that he's a writer tells me a lot. A coach tells me a lot and a podcaster. Gene, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Looking forward to talking ball with you guys as
0: as, as we do all the time. All right. So he's at Gene Clemens on Twitter. You can find him on YouTube. Uh, coach Gene Clemens. He writes for the Athletic. I mean, you got a lot going on, Gene. So I, I don't want I want to make sure I know the whole spectrum. So can we get your background and also all the different things you got going on in your life right now for our listeners and viewers on youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL?
1: Um, yeah, so I was a um, three sport athlete, you know, pretty much through the first half of college before I was almost forced out of, out of um, declining physical injury to, to focus just on one. Um, football, basketball, and and track. And I was always into writing. I've always been a big fan of of the written word. And so I was a journalism and theater double major in college, um, which kind of, I think, helped set me up for, for what I do now. I, I teach, I coach. Obviously, I have a few podcasts. I write for The Athletic and I write for GiantsCountry.com where, where um, I do a lot of, of film breakdown and player evaluations over there. Um, we've been we've been ten toes down at football game playing now for the better part of what ten, eleven years now. Emory, it feels like it. I would say so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, between between all of those things, it's just various avenues to try to continue to do what I love to do, which is talk about sports, um, talk about football, um, and and, and spread the good word.
0: Wow, Gene. The more you talk, the more interesting you get. Journalism and theater double major is amazing, by the way. That's awesome. And how did you play three sports in college? Where did you go? Um, I went to Fitchburg State College
1: in Massachusetts yeah. um, for a couple of years. Um, and, you know, it, lower level ball, you don't have as much crossover in, in, in seasons as you do at the higher levels because we're, we're regimented into how many games we can play. So the end of it was almost like high school where the end of football season runs up against the beginning of basketball season. So my last game for football would be like a a Saturday. And that next Tuesday would be the first basketball game. And so it was just me going from one sport to another. Um, There's no spring in division three, which helps to not get in the way of track and field. Um, But, but everything kind of played off of one another where I was able to use football to go into basketball, to then go into track, and, and then summer doing basketball, um, you know, pro-ams and, and things of that nature, until finally my body was like, "You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to choose one, or we're gonna break everything." And so, um, at that point, I, I, I chose football. I ended up transferring to Arkansas Tech University. I'm where I finished out my finished out my studies,
0: and my studies in playing football. That is awesome. And I know we talk about Division One guys a lot, but you played three sports in college. You are an absolute stud. I know the head coach, Scott Sperone, by the way, at Fitchburg State, that the uh the the head football coach now up there. So that's interesting. I'm I'm actually familiar with Fitchburg State. Where are you coaching now, Gene? Um I'm in Georgia in Savannah. I actually actually teach at
1: Jenkins High School. You are currently in my classroom and you cannot see them, but I have students um, in the back. This is my journalism class. so they're getting a firsthand experience of how this thing goes. Um, but I, I teach at Jenkins High School. I coach at Johnson High School. I'm the defensive coordinator there um, which is right down the street from Jenkins and, and um, you know just just plugging along doing what we do.
2: That is awesome, man. How did you guys connect, Emory? Through a mutual friend and Chris James, who I've I've known Chris since we were in uh, seventh grade, so we were like twelve years old, and he knew Gene, and I went down to to cover the uh, East-West Shrine game, and we went to this karaoke bar where Gene was was there. And he introduced me to Gene, and that's how we would take, we we uh, we became connected. How good is Gene at karaoke? Gene is I, I haven't heard Gene at karaoke. <laughs> I've heard G- Gene DJ, but Chris is a karaoke guy. Like, no matter where we are, whether it's Indy at the combine or or any one of these All Star games, Chris will find a karaoke bar and he kills the young MC song. Uh, bust the move. That's his go-to. Hey Ross, to answer your to answer your question,
1: like I am I am too good at karaoke. I I I get mocked a lot because karaoke is not supposed to be for people who can sing, and I can actually sing. Um, I think when Emery met me, I was I was DJing, I was KJing that that night when we first met. Um and there may have been a few, there may have been a few um oat sodas thrown back thrown back that day as well. So some of the memory might be might be a little bit a little bit twisted. But yeah, definitely always down for a good karaoke.
0: Gene, you should be the next guy on the Dosekis commercials for like the world's <laughs> most interesting man. I mean, you got the double theater. You got the double major. You did the theater. I've actually met that guy, by the way, the the original most interesting (laughs) Really?
1: I bet Uh, that was—is he—is he he really interesting, or is it just like he's a normal Joe Schmo?
0: No, he's just like uh, some—he's just like some older actor in in New York. You know what's funny about it, though? I don't want to blow up his spot or not, but he was drinking a Corona. And like his oh. wife came out of nowhere before we took the picture, and like swiped the corona. <laughs> like you could ruin everything. Get the corona out of it your head. <laughs> That's hilarious. That is funny. Um. All right, let's dive into these tight ends. I guess so. We've been doing a positional breakdown, by the way, Emery. I don't know how we did this, but we're, we're it's gonna be tough to get to all the defensive guys. But we're gonna do tight ends today. Here's what I don't understand. Nobody's talking about the tight ends. I mean. I feel like I have not heard anybody say anything about, are they that bad, Emery? Why is there no discussion at all about the tight ends in this draft class?
2: Everybody is still talking about the same five quarterbacks in Traylon Burks. So once they get outside of just talking about the same nine players in the draft, they'll realize how deep this class is and the tight end group, more specifically, is phenomenal this year. And I realize that. Uh everyone was talking about the Senior Bowl crop. There's going to be a great group of tight ends at the Senior Bowl. But when I went out to the NFL PA game, I was like, man, some good good tight ends out here. Go to the Shrine Bowl, I'm like, man, there's some really good tight ends out here. Then I get to the Senior Bowl with their impressive crop. So, yeah, this is a really good class of tight ends.
0: So uh, I thought it was interesting. I don't know if you set this up or not, but we had some guy tweet us say, Hey, Emery, when you break down the tight ends, can you break them into inline tight end, flex tight end, H-back? I wanted to say to the guy, like, don't you listen or watch the show? That's exactly what Emery's going to do. He Emery's the only guy I know that has 12 p- different wide receiver positions and seven different tight end positions. Um, so let's start with your number one inline guy, Emery, and that's Cade Otten.
2: Yeah, I feel like Otten was criminally underutilized at Washington. Um, and when we talk about inline, we're talking about someone that can block, uh, you know, just as good as he can catch the football. So um, block first, he's good at that. He was also doing a great job in the run game. But as far as a receiver, I feel like he's uh, underutilized and he's going to be a better pro than he was in college. I know people had concerns about the injury, but let's say he has a clean bill of health. To me, he was doing a lot of things you will ask your inline tight end to do. And he was doing it at a consistent level. Gene, what do you think of Otten? Yeah, I, I
1: agree. I don't know if Otten's your, your stretch it down the field type of tight end um, from the end line, but I think he works really well in the intermediate area because he has that ability to block and he comes from, a, he come from a, an offense where he was asked to legitimately block as well as, you know, um, working that. I think it, it works perfectly for those teams who really like to lean on the play action to, t- to try to slow down the pass rush as a guy that can get out into the, into the intermediate areas and work. I think he still has to work on his footwork in the secondary, get, getting in and out of breaks. But I like what he does with his hands. And anytime you can have a tight end that uses their hands more when they're catching, they're going to be better for it.
0: Emory, talk to me about uh, Trey McBride from Colorado State because I, I did a couple, at least one of his games, maybe two games at Colorado State. Do you have him listed as an inline tight end? And if so, why do you like Otten better? For me, Otten is one of those guys that,
2: you know, where you see him blocking, you just kind of like, all right, he does a lot of things well. And I have McBride as a H back because um, I feel like he could be put on the move a little bit more so. And his blocking, to me, is more conducive to where you want him out there on the move, on a perimeter, or kicking out some defensive end or some linebacker. Uh, More so than in line, probably more so because of his his length uh, or lack thereof at at the position. So I have him more detached as opposed to where he's going to be down and down out on the point of attack. But he's a really good player. Uh, He's my number
0: five H back uh, at the position. So uh, it's interesting um, because it seems like he's ranked higher, Gene. And I just remember. Uh, when they played Fresno State, like he'll get after people as a blocker. I mean, he, he's he's trying to, he's trying. So a lot of times you don't see that anymore. So I, I'm a little surprised that Emery doesn't have Trey McBride ranked higher. How do you see him? Well, I, I think that he, I think him and and likely, if you were
1: talking overall tight end prospects, you know, n- not even considering like inline or flexed out or whatever, I think, um, likely and McBride are your two guys that are going to be the 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 type of guys that NFL people get excited over because of their ability in the passing game. Um, McBride is a guy who can push the push the um you know the defense down and be a stretch guy for you. But I would agree with with Emery, his physicality it, it's almost um Evan, Evan Ingram like. Um he he's willing, but I think when you get up against some of the more physical defenders down there on the line of scrimmage. He's probably not going to be able to hold up play in and play out and and do you really want to use a guy who's that good of a receiver as an inline blocker all the time Or do you want to Cameron Bray him? and I think that's what you 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 figure out you know is he a Nick o'Leary Cameron braid type of guy he's tough, you know he's tough, you know he's durable, put him into positions to make to make plays as a receiver um and, and don't really waste him when you have so many other guys that can block for you in line.
0: Emery, let's talk about uh, flex tight ends. Your number one guy is Garrett Prince from UAB. And it feels like this is becoming more and more of a thing though, right? I mean, Mike is He's really a tight end in name only. He might even fight the franchise tag. Although I, th- I guess he signed it already. So maybe he's not going to fight it, but it seems like there's more and more of these guys. They're called tight ends, but, I don't know if I saw Gesicki ever put his hand in the dirt in line, line. I mean, I'm sure he did a couple times, but uh, this is this is actually a real position. I don't know if we call it flex tight end or big receivers, big slots. Is there that much of a difference between a flex tight end and a big slot at this point?
2: Maybe about 20 pounds, and that's probably about it, you know, because you get some big slot receivers um, that that are just as physical as some of these flex tight ends. But for Garrett Prince, it was like he was someone that I saw. You, you watch him pass it during the season because we cover college football, but you don't really study these prospects. So you watch a UAB game, um, and here's this guy just running down the scene, making plays. You think he's a receiver with how fast and fluid he's moving. Uh, so when I get to the Shrine game, I'm like, wow, this dude really, you know, he he really has some juice with him. I, and I spoke with him, but he's from Kansas City, so he's a city guy. He has some sauce at the top of his route. He was out there barbecuing uh, defensive backs as well. So that's about as all the the KC barbecue references I get in there. But he's someone that is very like Travis Kelsey in a sense that, you know, he is fluid in his route running. He he has some savvy in his route running. I was surprised he wasn't a combine invite. I thought that's the type of guy that gets to the combine to showcase that athleticism, Um, but he didn't go. And so he's someone I think will be a, a clear cut draft pick outside of the combine and vice, because of how well he plays. What did you think, Gene, of Garrett Prince? Same, same as Emery, I, I like the way he I like the
1: way he gets in and out of his breaks. I think that's the that's the real key for him and um, what he does. What he does, you know, as a receiver. Um, I don't really see much of him being an inline guy at, at the next level. I think he'll be he'll be your your move receiver. Um, I think he's got a little aggressiveness when it comes to blocking out in space that he could use to his, um, use his advantage. But really, he's going to make his bones, you know, trying to trying to shake people off of him at that at that intermediate level. Um, I, I wouldn't have him as my number one guy. For me, my number one flex end is Isaiah Likely. But I think that, you know, both of those guys are going to have really um, – they're, they're really going to surprise. Like he's going to go into a team and get immediate snaps. Because when you can get loose, especially in the intermediate um, area where they're putting a lot of the star guys like Jalen Ramsey is lining up on you now instead of, you know, Joe Schmo that they just put down who might be an outside linebacker. They're putting that star defender on on those slot guys like that now. And to be able to get get loose and get away from those guys is only going to um, bowl well for Prince and, and a
0: guy like likely. I'm glad, uh, Emery, you brought up Travis Kelsey because I think it's important when we talk about draft prospects to, like, let's talk about the best guys and, and what makes them so good. Kelsey wasn't like a 4 five forty guy, right? I mean, I don't, I don't remember what his combine numbers were. What is it, Emery, about Kelsey that makes him so productive?
2: It's the fluidity and the nuance within his route running. And he knows how to use leverage against a defender it's almost like that old kung fu type uh, deal where i'm gonna use your own leverage and momentum against you uh i don't have to be the strongest i just have to know how to use momentum and and leverage to my advantage and that's what guys like kelsey are able to do that's what a guy like jeremy shockey was able to do um in terms of how he ran now he was probably maybe a better athlete in terms of testing than travis kelsey but same type of uh you know ability as a route run in terms of okay, I know where you're leaning towards, so I'm gonna just cut it off right here and just snap this off and, and set up shop. Or I'm gonna lean into you a little bit, get you to go, you know, one way, then I'm gonna break it off and go the opposite way and explode out that break. So it's that little fluidity of a receiver that he brings to the tight end position. But it also shows you a lot of guys that that played a lot of football growing up or played a lot of basketball growing up to where you have some 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 extra moves with you to knowing how to free yourself from from tight coverage or in basketball from from, you know, someone that's covering you very tightly. So I think that's where the Kelsey, uh, the Kelsey's of the world tend to separate themselves from how well they're able to get open uh, from a route running perspective.
1: If I can add something real quick, Um, I think it's I think it's body, you know, it's body control, right? Uh, we all make, we all kind of make light of the fact that he'll go into the end zone and start dancing, but watch him dance. It's legit. He dances. He's a legitimate dancer. and, And that type of body control is what you see him use to get loose from defenders. A lot of times, um, being able to control his body is where you see those guys separate themselves from, um, the guys who are really more just like jump ball guys. They're just big, like, um, Gronk, Gronk has the same type of thing. Like when you see Gronk move, he he just he's so big that sometimes it looks goofy, but it's the body control that he has that makes him so special. It's not the speed and it's not the height. It's the ability to put that body
0: in a place where nobody else can get the ball but him. So I'm glad you mentioned that too, and I, I should have done this from the start. Who would you got? Like I think for each one of these positions, Emory – since we're, we're, we're discussing three different tight end positions, really the inline tight end, the guy that's got his hand on the ground attached to the tackle, the flex tight end, I think people can picture that, the guy that flexes out. Next up will be the H-back. But in terms of inline tight end in the NFL right now, in your mind, who who fits that category? Gronk? Who else is like a true inline guy? Oh, man, I, I would probably I always go
2: back to someone like Jason Witten. Right. Like to me, that would be the the inline guy. Um, but Gronk is the, the ideal inline for today's game. Um, and Kelsey, to a certain extent, has gotten a little bit better as a blocker. Uh, he could be considered that. But he's more of the the flex type, in my opinion. Him and uh, someone like a Jaseki, like you talked about. Uh, but I would say Gronk would be more of the inline guy. Uh, O.J. Howard couldn't be considered an inline guy or a flex guy because he was very good at blocking. Coming out of Alabama, but I would always go to Witten, someone that's a bigger body guy that can block, but also get down the seam and and make those receptions that you need to make over the middle of the field. I think um,
0: Gene, would you consider Goddard for the Eagle? He's an inline guy, right? I mean, he'll 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 attach and he'll block a little bit. I, I think Goddard is supposed to be an inline
1: guy. I like I like to see him be more aggressive in in his blocking. Um, I think George Kittle is definitely an in an inline guy. Yeah. Um. He, he, the way he plays the game is just another level of physical. He just happens to have all the skills to play wherever the hell he wants to on, you know, on the field, and and that's what makes him great. I think that's what separates the 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 Gronks and the Kittles and the Kelsies from everybody else is because you can ask them to do all three different jobs and they can do them at a high level. Whereas maybe an OJ Howard. You know, obviously, hands aren't where they where they, where you want them to be at. You know, um, Goddard, good hands, great receiver, blocking not where you wanted to be at. Even a, even a Zach Ertz, um, who who people go to all the time, has been a really good receiving tight end, but isn't really you know known for his blocking. So you see these different really good receiving prospects, but they have different talents, and it's and only like the small handful that you could ask to do everything. And they can do it at a high level. Darren Waller is a is a flex end. Yeah, as big and as as big and as phenomenal as he looks, he's not an inline tight end. And so every time you ask him to play in line, it's not go, you're not going to get the same results as you would get from a Gronk. Even though people still want to call him a tight end, he's a wide receiver in a tight end's body. Emory,
0: before we get to your number one H back, who who's an H back or two for the people to have in mind? To picture at the NFL. Who do you who do you put into that category? See, I will put Kittle in the H back category, but you could also throw his fullback,
2: Kyle Uzchek, in that H back category because he was a tight end um at Harvard. So, so both so- the
0: Niners, so both the Niners tight end and fullback are both actually H back. No, I'm messing with you because I know what you mean. They can just move those H back, you mean is essentially like a movable chess piece. It's a movable piece. They could be fullbacks, they could be guys
2: that you put in the slot. Um, they could be detached on a line of scrimmage. I see that position probably more versatile than the inline and flex guy. I feel like the inline and flex guy are kind of defined by where they can be. But the H-back, you can even hand him the footballs, which we see San Francisco do multiple times. And think about that. We are old school here, but you think about somebody like um, Jim Jensen. Remember him from the Dolphins? Number that 11. Old, they kind of did a lot of different things. Um, You didn't really know what position he was, but that's the type of guy I see uh, Kittle and and Juszczyk is. They could do so much uh, out there on the field. They could play anywhere, to be honest, whether you want them to take some handoffs or to to really line up and and block someone in line.
0: Your number one H-back, I'm convinced, was at Wisconsin for nine years, Jake Ferguson. Tell me about Ferg.
2: Legit good all around football player, great hands. And you're right. I feel like we've been talking about him, you know, forever, but you realize then it's Troy Fumagalli and it's, it's multiple players that have played tight end at Wisconsin, but everyone kind of looks like Jake Ferguson. Right. And so I just think that because he's so polished in what he does, he's a plug and play guy, the best at the position. We've seen him in the backfield. We've seen him, you know, detached. We've seen him be aggressive in his blocking and how well he is at the catch point, really good receiver opens up their offense to me. Uh, honestly, more so than uh, what they do. I know they got a great tailback that we're going to talk about in a few years, but he is the the straw that stirs the drink, in
0: my opinion. Gene, uh, your thoughts on either Ferguson or if you have an H back you like better? No, I, I I think Ferguson is 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 really
1: nice. He he's he's taller than you would see out of most H backs, which I think which I think helps him at the next level. Um, we used to we used to all get pigeonholed, right? I was a a six foot three guy, um, I was a move. I was a movable piece. I would have been your prototypical H back back when I was coming through, and I and I played tight end. Um, but now you're seeing that 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 position can can go anywhere between a six one and a six five guy. And, and so I think he's taller, but he has really good bend that allows him to stay low, get up underneath the pads when he has to do some blocking. Um, but I do like what he brings to the table as as a movable chess piece in the pass game. And anytime you're averaging, you know, um a first down or over a first down a reception, you're going to be really valuable in the passing game. And let's not be mistaken, no nobody's taking tight ends high anymore just to block. So if you're not catching the ball, if you're if you're not a plus in the receiving game, then you're going to drop precipitously in the draft. And that's why you can tell all the guys that we're talking about are guys who bring
0: plus to the table um as
1: pass receivers, like he
0: does. Um, in terms of sleepers, Emery, please tell me that Darian Hambrick is not like Troy Hambrick's son. He, he, he. I think he is, man. I, oh. I think he's his son
2: or maybe his nephew or something. But, yeah, the, the family connection is there. Um, and he was a receiver at Texas A&M Kingsville. I kind of wish they'd go back to Texas A&I. That was just a, a cooler name. But he was a, a receiver there and kind of grew into what he's going to be asked to do at the NFL level, a flex tight end. Uh, I don't know if he was at the College Gridiron Showcase, I believe. Um, but someone that plays a game like a receiver, you thicken him out. He's going to take that Ricky Seals Jones type of, you know, approach. Or that that uh, I forgot the guy from Iowa say Butler is his last name. Uh, but you're going to take that approach and move him to uh, tight end. So he's someone
0: that's a developmental prospect at the position. I was teammates with his dad or uncle 20 years ago. So the timing's probably about right for that, actually. Um what what about um you have Down Emery underrated Armani Rogers? So maybe I miss, wasn't he, Gene, wasn't Armani Rogers a quarterback? Um, yes, at one point in time I do believe he was a
1: quarterback, but um if we I don't know why this is, but the quarterback to tight end or H back flex guy transition seems to be one that we see a lot. Um especially because we see a lot of bigger more athletic quarterbacks that kind of eat themselves out of out of the position maybe um or or we we we're going to bring you in as a quarterback, but we're really thinking about moving you anyway. we just want to get you on campus. I think yeah. that was the situation with him, obviously, we all know Travis Kelsey being one of those famous quarterback to tight end transitions um but but I think what hap- what happens when you go from quarterback to almost any position is you bring a level of awareness about the field and i think that's something that we don't talk a lot a lot about is is understanding the field and understanding where we are on the field and how we work within the system that's something i've seen him do pretty well on film
0: check him out on social media at gene clemens uh the world's most interesting man I love the fact I that like this it. counts as you teaching your class right now. You Not only are you interesting, you're very smart right there, Gene. I love it. <laughs> Check him out, at Gene Clemens on Twitter, and then the awesome YouTube page, Coach Gene Clemens. That way you can see all the stuff he's writing. You can see the videos he puts up. Awesome stuff, Gene. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Hey, thank you for having me. I look forward to doing it again sometime. Absolutely, without any question. Next week. We will dive into the offensive lineman, my area of supposed expertise. Really looking forward to it. Check us out at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. He's at FBall Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. And of course, now, footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide. Bye, bye, bye. Uh, the keg is kicked. I'm all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and The Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. you got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or in Indiana, 109. 9